everyone. Welcome back to Humble Bazooka, the video game podcast. I am Jay Flex, and once again joining me is Doomy Doomer. Yo. And a special guest from Feed It Comics, Doc Flux. Howdy, partners. What is happening, Doc? Uh, I am settling down with uh, the first cocktail of the day. Can we get a little ice rattle? Uh, sure. There you go. There you have it. What is your beverage of choice today? Vodka mango lemonade. Wow. Organic. Right. Organic. Ooh. Really? <laughs> That's yes. how you roll in Portland. Uh, I roll organically, yes. No, uh, no Monsanto products? I try to avoid that shit, yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, well, Doc... As you yes. know, there's some video game stuff that's been happening. There's mm. always video game stuff happening. There's one or two things. Only one or two. The first, uh, one of the things we're going to bring up tonight was that uh, Sony's new PlayStation Now uh, network where you can download and rent your video games from them is going, supposedly going to go back to PlayStation 1 and bring you forward. They had it in beta some people were in, and now they release pricing for it. And the mm. pricing seems to be a bit... Ridiculous? Really, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, it just, I don't know. Have you guys it's just seen, like, you can get, like, run a game for, like, four hours and drop, like, five bucks? Yeah, that, that's pretty absurd. In fact, it's so absurd that I, I kind of don't believe it. I, I kind of feel like this is some botched information or something, or somebody miscommunicated in Japanese to English. I mean, I want to hope because I mean, you can just go to GameFly. I mean, isn't it like fifteen bucks? I think to you know rent the game per for for month? fifteen bucks a month, you can I think you can get two games out at a time. Or yeah, so I mean, or like, I think it's one game for fifteen and twenty for two or something like that. Still much cheaper than, <laughs> than dropping uh, five dollars for a four-hour block. Or yeah, that's why I think it's this is kind of silly. I mean, the same company that is allowing people to get all this really good free software uh, being PlayStation plus members yeah. yeah, turning around and doing something that's kind of the opposite. Um, as far as generosity, I, I don't know. I mean, these aren't, these aren't final, right? So this is still beta. Well, yeah, I would, but I, hope... I, I feel like, I feel like they want these to be final. <laughs> well, I have my, I want to know is what, how are they actually going to get a true load test on their servers and stuff. If I mean, a lot of people are going to, I would, I like to believe a lot of people are going to look at this and go, Oh Christ, that's a lot yeah. of freaking cash. You know, so four hours for $5. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, no like way. 30 days, like 15 bucks, you know, but, but I mean, like, are they actually going to get like a true test where people are going to look at that and go, I don't, I don't want to pay that. And, you know, um, Sony being as, as kind of hard ass as they are at times with a lot of different things. Well, here's the thing. Like, I'm part of this this beta, and I haven't seen these numbers yet. But I I haven't logged in in like maybe a week. Do we know if these are like running like right now, or are they just placeholders? Like, if I go to rent a game, do I have to pay this amount of money, or is this just like one of those leaked placeholders that Sony is is working on their side? Well, the internet being what it is, you know, I mean, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it, where, where, control. What is the source? I mean, is the source fairly reliable? Ars Technica. Uh, I, well, I saw an Ars Technica, and they're 
pretty reliable. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not usually like... Uh, a lot of people have run with the story, though, not just them. I, I think I saw it on, um, like, in Gadget and other places, so it's not just uh, ours. So far, PlayStation's been hitting all the right beats and kind of staying ahead, at least image-wise, uh, of, of Xbox and Microsoft. And it would take considerable amount for them to like lose that edge yeah. as far as like being oh. a system that is good to gamers and, and stuff like that. Uh, so they're not going to make any severe mistakes to kind of sway public opinion when they have such good, you know, graces. Yeah. This period. Yeah. They definitely have a, a better hold on this console cycle than they, they definitely learn from last rounds mistakes where, yeah, the, where Microsoft just trounced them left and right, you know, they just yeah, but they up. sold more consoles worldwide though than Microsoft, so they didn't. Oh, really... Yeah, I mean, so far it, it's a it's a pretty tight race. I'm in PS3 versus 360. Oh, right. So technically, uh, Nintendo made the most money throughout the entire launch, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, they have. Uh, yeah, their, their consoles sell at uh, their consoles don't sell at a loss. I don't think. It's not just that, but they've had more at least during that initial period of the of the launch of the new consoles. They had more titles coming out. You know, there wasn't that many uh, launch titles for either of these systems. No, think about it. No, there, so, there yeah, really it was about wasn't. twenty. Nintendo continued to sell, and the D the three DS continued to sell, and and so we're talking combined numbers of of everything, and they do dominate the handheld market. Sure, and they yeah. do, you know, and they were dominating the software sales a little bit, at least, you know, for that stretch. Uh, but anyway, it's not to say that Nintendo is going to come out of nowhere with something. There's talk of a new system by them, but that's still a rumor. Yeah, we won't see that for a couple of years, I don't think. I, I, I was just, I mean, we'll see it sooner if they finally just give up on the on the Wii U in general. They but, should, they should, and they should come out with the GameCube 2, and, and <laughs> seriously, and it would sell. I swear to God it would sell. GameCube 2, and it'd be this badass cube. I, like I, just want, I just want them to put, if they put out anything next, I just want it to be a regular system. Regular controller. And that's, and that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want any goofy, you know, just give You, me you don't regular... get more basic than the cube. That was part of its appeal. True. Except the controller was still a little retarded. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it was what it was. Yeah. I mean, they can they can definitely come up with it. They're they're not going to do the same controller. No. And that's another thing. I know we we started talking about Nintendo here. Well, that's fine. Um but uh, you know, as far as the Wii, there's they're trying to figure out whether or not they should, you know, get rid of that that gamepad with the screen, which personally, I mean, for for a few titles at least or, you know, even like survival horror with like inventory management, that seems like a really cool idea. Yeah. And when I finally do get a Wii, I'm I'm excited for the prospect of using it to be able to like avoid going into loading or you know menu screens, losing sight of what's happening on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then, it's interesting you know I mean? because there's like Zombie U, right? And that's uh, I don't know if you played that or not, um, Doc. But Zombie U, no. Yeah, it's it's actually friggin' hard, right? So yeah, you you I don't know if you know anything about it, but like when you die, you start as a new character, and you have to get back to where you die to get your inventory back. Kind of like uh, an old old school RPG, I guess you know. And you come back as like a different survivor too, though. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so the thing is, though, like when you're looking in your backpack, you have to look down at the screen, and you're vulnerable. <laughs> and it's part of like the appeal yes. and scary thing. Like you know, you're you're like shit. I gotta look at my well, backpack, but shit, man. The, the Dark Souls die. games do that. You're not allowed to pause at all in Dark Souls. So when you go in your inventory, you oh, could be like hit at any time. And 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 the crazy thing is like you have to back out of your inventory in layers. 
a lot of times you'll back out thinking you backed out entirely. And then like a dude will come attack. You'd be like, come on, come on. And then he attacks and you're still stuck in the menu. Like, no, (laughs) by the time you back out, you're screwed. So you learn after a while to stop doing that. But yeah. And then the getting invaded by enemy players is a bitch. Oh man. Yeah. That can happen at the worst times. I played the first one. um, And I I don't know if I got that far. I wouldn't say I got like to like the really spooky underground sewer area with the big fat guys. (laughs) I don't know what it was called. But anyway, yeah, yeah, the it's not like the gutters, but it's like the alleys. The it, alleyway, it was right? friggin' hard. It was underground, and uh, it was in the oh, there was rats. There was like there were, the rats could be uh, farmed for humanities. Right. I know right. what you're talking about. Yeah, but I got to a point like where it was like a dark corridor, and I was like, God damn it, I don't want to go down there. I'm gonna <laughs> die if I go down there. <laughs> you're gonna die, dude. You, you, that's the thing. When you go into these games, you have to be at peace with the fact that you're gonna die many times. You have over to know that over. right off the bat. <laughs> But but the thing is is like that that makes it so each small little area um is something that you have to like study the environment. There's kind of like a, a different it's a different type of gameplay because you're really being methodical and thinking really hard about every single facet of your environment, your enemies' move sets, uh their weaknesses, your strengths. Um and so the the real thrill and, and strategy of that game is really getting to know how to adapt to every uh survival scenario that you get yourself into i mean in a way it's it's all it's very much survival horror yeah uh more so than a lot of rpgs or adventure games because you it really gives you that same kind of uncertain kind of like shit man you know like you're restricted in what you can do but yeah at the same time the controls of what you can do are so precise that there's always a way that you can overcome a situation yeah even like bosses like i remember fighting the big ass boss um where where i forget where it was but um like there was a huge drop off at one point in the in the area, and uh, I think it was yeah. a dragon of some kind in the water that shoots like beams at you, and there's like crystal golems on the other side that you have to like destroy as the you know as you approach the dragon. It wasn't that guy. This was a before I. Even, I mean, I saw that guy, but I was like, I'm not fucking going near that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I avoided him forever. Yeah, there was a another dragon, like an actual boss, like somewhere I, I fought and I died several times. I was like, okay, I have to obviously grind some more before I can get to this guy. But was when it the I, Duke's archives? What's that? The Duke's the, archives. The dragon, the crystal dragon, in the in the Duke's archives. Oh God, maybe it was like six months ago when I played it. Um, but anyway, like when I beat it. I was like, holy shit, I feel great because <laughs> I beat this friggin' thing. And, and there was, was so a certain hard. thing that you kind of had to do, right? Like you had to configure your weapons and armor probably. Yeah. You had to like, yeah. Yeah, it definitely And that's the cool thing. It's like, dude, a lot of RPGs, they give you tons of, of like items and shit, but you always end up using the same items. The beauty of Dark Souls. And then you have like a, an inventory just filled with all these useless items that you gathered. But Dark Souls... Everything you pick up can come in handy yeah. later on. And that's great because it's like it gives value to all the crap that you accumulated. There's so many games that just it's like, oh, you found the next best thing. So this other stuff is crap. Sell it whenever you can. And it just becomes a tedious encumbrance until then. Right. Yeah, exactly. Did they carry that over to Dark Souls 2? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the items and that's one thing that's kind of improved with this game. Um, you know, is is the fact that even more of there's more items. And there's more kind of uses and combinations and evolutions of the item as you upgrade them. Nice. <clears throat> I, I mean, it's my, generally uh... it's generally the same, but it, but they improved it, you know, a lot. The the thing about the second Dark Souls game is that Miyazaki didn't have a hand in it, so the overall design of it is a little loose. It's much looser, 
and the narrative is much looser. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a kind of like a hazy bad dream version of the first one where n- none of the areas really make sense as a whole and the story while haunting and engaging as Dark Souls is supposed to be is still kind of not as uh, coherent and cohesive as as Miyazaki's. And so so that's why Bloodborne has me excited because that's right. him coming back and uh his particular way of creating the game adds like a special layer to it. Yeah. Yeah. From software in general is awesome. Hey, roll. Yeah. Well, now you played obviously you played these on the PC, doc, right? I played the first Dark Souls on the Xbox. Okay, good. Uh, three, I gonna, 360. I was going to say to you, because that was horrible on the PC when they released it. The, the PC port was a, was a huge disappointment yeah. to people. And, uh, I mean, it didn't affect me because I, you know, I played on the 360. But right. that kind of sucks, too, because, you know, um, there's a lot of people that probably played it on the, on the PC and got frustrated at things that they really weren't, that weren't supposed to be there or be part of the game, and then they just attributed it to it being, being a bad game, when in fact it was just bugs and stuff uh, from an incomplete port. Uh, and, and I hate when that happens, especially with really good games. Yeah. Um, you know, it gives people the wrong idea, but that's where they, they definitely improved with this port for Dark Souls 2. In every possible way, it's, 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 it's actually superior to the console version, which, uh, you know, is go, goes a long way from being inferior in the, in the last port. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, uh, so yeah, I would recommend people play it, play two that way, and play the first one on a console for sure. There is a patch for the first one. Um, I read about, and apparently, it, like fixes all the crap. And, well, that, yeah, and that and that's true. There is they were user created because exactly user created. Rum didn't put them out themselves. Yeah, they. But so you know, they're a little. I mean, not probably if you're savvy with that stuff, it's not that difficult to right, plug right. it in and get going. So you know, I thought about getting the. Uh, Prepare to die edition and then plugging that in and, and seeing how it works. Um, cause it is on sale on steam, but sure. I just spent like a quadrillion dollars on like 30 games <laughs> on and steam. I already had like 20 <laughs> freaking games in the queue and I'm racking all these up and I'm like, Holy freaking crap. When am I going to play these? At least now I'm doing a site where, uh, you know, I have yeah. to continue putting out videos of different games and now I have plenty to work with. That, yeah. That's what happens every steam sale. Like I end up buying like all these games and I, I play maybe like, I don't know, a small percentage of the games I buy. Because I just don't have the time, and but they're always there. Like I guess I can always just go and do it. But I always feel bad. I'm like I'm neglecting these games, and they're probably great, and I, yeah, I just don't I have do. the time. And it is it is all about time, and it really makes you wish that you were independently wealthy. <laughs> oh God, tell me about uh, it. And be uh, amazing. <laughs> and and you know I mean because yeah, work gets in the way, and, and me you know school and work. Uh, but I still manage to, to pump this stuff out because there's one thing I lack, and that's a girlfriend and. And while that is the case, I'll still continue to be able to do this stuff. <laughs> exactly. Still. Yeah. But since you were uh, you were mentioning PC, you guys were talking about PC gaming. What, we what, were? Well, yeah. You were, you know, with Steam and all I'm that. I'm kidding. Yeah, you douche. <laughs> so, Doc, what's up with Star Citizen? Star Citizen is looking great. They released the dogfighting module in several patches, uh, and people, the rollout for the multiplayer um feature in in arena commander mm-hmm. what they're calling the the dogfighting module it's a, essentially a, a simulation in your hangar of actually uh, engaging in combat um so by the time the you know squadron 42 story uh story mode or you know the story game as right. you call it game campaign um there you go the campaign <laughs> that's what i was looking for actually 
when by, by the time that comes out, people will be familiar with the controls and everything. But man, the textures, the lighting, you know, I, I look at this game and just there's only a couple like environments they put you in Broken Moon and Dying Star. But Whoa. that alone really gives you an idea of just how beautiful it's going to look in action and um, just really like high fidelity, photorealistic planet looks like a planet and an asteroid looks like an asteroid. The lighting is perfect. Feel like you're there. Um, it looks amazing. The flight, the flight, the, you know, the, the, the controls and everything are being tweaked and I already really dig what they're doing with it. Um, the only thing they're having a problem with now is deciding how much of an advantage uh, a person with a certain set of like they're, what they're trying to do is clear any advantages um, for using a particular type of interface, whether it's mouse or keyboard controller, uh, they, you know, the uh, light stick, oh, right, right. A lot of people, a lot of people go the that Oculus route. Rift. Um, the Oculus Rift, Jesus, which I can't you would, imagine. you could use any of those with, with the Rift too. Um, and, and so on. So they're just trying to make it so people like, there's something called, for example, turreting. That is when somebody uh, is in the ship and they kind of sit in, in place and they spin around with their turrets and just like use, in, you know, it's especially easy with a mouse. You can kind of just sit there and target things and shoot. And it makes it really easy and, and everybody can be fighting around you and you can just be picking it off. But oh. they said that, that is not that is not going to be that easy because if you're sitting there, there there will rarely be any situation in heavy combat where you're not going to be targeted by multiple ships and taken out really easily. The only reason people feel it's a problem now is because in free flight or in um, the relatively easy Vandal swarm mode, uh, it just feels like you're invincible and you can just sit there and pick them off. Um, but that's not going to be the case, especially when other players are kicking in. Uh, so there, so there's about, uh, I think they have like 20,000 people on servers playing successfully now, and I will be getting my access to the multiplayer soon. So I'll be able to see how that flies. But so far, very little complaints. Everybody seems really excited and, about it. And, and I, the future of this game, man, you know, this time next year, we're going to be entering the persistent universe and it is going to be glorious. It's going to be everything like, you know, games like Freelancer and Free Space 2, but like times a thousand. And and but Doc, feel like you're there. How does it compare to Colony Wars? What uh, Colony Wars? I haven't played <laughs> Colony Wars actually, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I'm it's an old PlayStation game. One game. Oh, and and I remember the name. I, I'm not sure I actually played it. Uh, <laughs> it's... Was was that by? That wasn't by the same people that did Red Faction. Uh, Cygnosis did this one. And it's the oh, okay. same concept, no, no. like you're in a ship flying around shooting. So. You didn't oh, miss okay, anything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's not true. I mean, Come shit, on, man. <laughs> that was good. Actually, I want to know. I mean, so is it actually, do you guys have a release date now for Star Citizen? Um, there's no release date for Squadron 42, but there, I, I don't know if they released, well, there is no release date for the, for the Arena Commander. Now, Arena Commander in and, in and of itself is a fully realized game it's just more like a uh you know space combat within restricted right, areas pvp thing yeah and so even but but even just as that it's going to be kind of like its own thing so arena commander is technically already released they're just inviting people into the servers gradually just to test them and make sure that they can handle everybody um that's going to be one of the biggest things with this game because there's already a half a million people invested in it half a million players man that means 
Wow. And so a lot of the money that they made, you know, they, they're up to 47 million, guys. 47 million. Good chunk of that is just going to be for That's service. That's astounding, the amount of money they crowdfunded. I can't, I can't get over that. They, yeah, they set, they set all sorts of records. And, and here's the thing. All eyes are on Chris Roberts and company. Yeah. Um, because if they pull this off, which I really think they are, right, there's plenty of evidence that they're doing it. When I walk through my upgraded DUR freelancership and see the fine detail and the fluidity of the improved frame rates and textures, I'm just like, dude, they are really crafting the shit out of this. Um, so if they pull it off, then that will make way for a lot of other like massive Kickstarters, like ma- massive crowdfunding. I mean, this only began with about a few million in Kickstarter money, and then by that time, they were able to move the entire crowdfunding to their site. And they've been doing it from their site ever since they hit $3 million. They're at 48, you said? They're, yeah, they're about to be 48. They're 47 million and something. Jeez. Wow, and awesome. They just released another fighter, uh, the Zion Scout. Pretty sweet. It's the first alien kind of ship. Will you... David Hobbins... David Hobbins, mm-hmm. by the way, who uh, who is the lead ship designer right. for this game and concept huh. artist, you know, in general, he does a lot of the concept art and design for the Marvel movies, ah, uh, Iron Man, okay. the Avengers, ah, okay. Guardians of the Galaxy. In fact, you know, you look at the ships in Guardians of the Galaxy and the Zion Scout looks a lot like it belongs in that universe. He was kind of borrowing from that. This guy's pretty awesome. The guy who uh, and I forgot his name. It's like John Lindell. Something like that. Um, he uh, he designed the, the the user interface, like the HUD in the Iron Man suit. Just so happens he also designed the HUD and user interface for Star Citizen. Nice. So these guys are these guys are sparing no expense. They're good. They had Lance Henriksen do the commercial, the in-game commercial for the freelancer. No shit. <laughs> and 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 that's not crazy because Lance Henriksen does a shit ton. That's like pretty much the majority of his career now is yeah. video game voices. You've heard him in oh, tons yeah. of shit. Mass Effect, you know, right. I believe he's in Halo at some point. Um, so, uh, yeah, there so, you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm psyched about it. There's another, there's two other uh, space sims, you know, games that are, that are coming out. Uh, Elite Dangerous. Elite Dangerous is in its alpha, and, and uh, you can get in for like 150 bucks now. Pretty pricey. Uh, but it looks like a pretty slick game. Definitely stylistically different than Star Citizen. Um, it may not do, you know, some of the things that Star Citizen's aiming to do because their scope and what they're trying to do is like literally like we're talking not not just being in space. We're talking about landing on planets or in derelict crafts, exploring in, in first or third person, uh, even, you know, having encounters or gambling at bars or in participating in a vast changing economy, which I think some of this stuff, you know, they're they're doing to some extent in Elite Dangerous and it looks really good, but um it's an interesting game. It's one to look out for. And then Eve Valkyrie is not going to be a sim um, so much as just a straight up arcade space combat game. But if you want like a quick, you know, it's essentially going to be like Arena Commander, but with its own kind of Eve flair, uh, that looks really freaking good. All three of these games are going to be supported by the Oculus. No Man's Sky is another game that to look one, out for. Yeah, that one, uh, that one looks amazing. Yeah, Doomy and I are really excited for that when they showed that at E3. Yeah, that game looks very interesting. Artistically, it's very cool, and that's going to really sell it. Uh, and if they pull off the procedurally generated stuff, it'll right. be great fun. Um, d- you know, it definitely stands out. It, I, I like how it stands out uh, stylistically from Star Citizen enough that even if I'm 
completely involved in the Star Citizen mm-hmm. world. It'll be nice for a change of scenery and style, uh, and and maybe do some stretches in No Man's Sky. Uh, I like I like how those differ. Yeah, yeah, I think it's amazing how they're they're at. Well, I mean, as of now, they're saying in No Man's Sky that everybody will spawn on like a completely different planet. Like you're just yeah. gonna, you're just going to be like alone. <laughs> You know, well, I mean, with AI, but right. for the most part, you're going to be yeah. alone in space. And and another cool thing about No Man's Sky is that unlike these other games, that's going to be on a console. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so we're, and, we're excited. <laughs> which is cool because one thing that really hurt base sim genre, which at one point in time was the biggest PC genre, it was huge. People were insane about it. Wing Commander, oh, yeah. oh, people yeah. were insane oh, about yeah. it. Wing Commander 3 um, was my, my shit right there. I love that game. Yeah, I mean, and all the Star Wars, the Rogue Squadrons, the TIE Fighters, the, you know, just you name it. The, it was hot. It was really hot. And then it kind of fell off. And then Chris Roberts uh, subsequently disappeared during that long stretch. He comes back with Star Citizen. All of a sudden, everybody wants to do a Space Sim game. I just got a Game Informer. Half the freaking Game Informer is dedicated to talking about the resurgence of... Or not the resurgence, the reemergence. Right. <laughs> Of of space sim games, maybe resurgence is the right word. I don't know. That works. Anyway. Um, and and so like this is great. And then you know Chris Roberts was talking about how a lot of space sim games. I mean, they were all pretty much uh, on the PC. It was always about the PC. The reason he doesn't want to put Star Citizen on consoles is because consoles, the way that the politics are as far as moving around, con- updating content. Um, and just interacting directly to the people in your community and your, yeah. you know, they, they, they're just so their hands are so tied with consoles that they just don't want to do it. And not to mention PCs can always push the boundaries of power, whereas consoles pretty much got what you got. Yeah. So, um, and, and so there's that, so that should give value to the PC, the PC, like space Sims are going to bring the PC back in a big way. Uh, people are already understanding the value of a PC, whether it be, uh, the intense amount of money you save on Steam sales, the uh, the marked improvements in graphics and frame rates, the um, just just literally everything you can think of. I've had all this the discussion with my my buddies who are gamers, and honestly, I almost jumped ship from consoles to PC um, last January. I would I would say, and it's basically my my reasoning was that all the shit that was going on with the leaks about uh, you know Microsoft's going to do all this DRM stuff and. Sony might do it too, no use games, all these different things going about. And I was like, well, shit, I might as well just get a PC then. It's <laughs> just building, build myself a nice PC. I've done it before. And uh, I almost did it. I almost did it. I was seriously like, my, I had everything in my cart on Newegg and Amazon. And I was about to just like, you know, check out. But I, I waited for the PS4 news. And, uh, you know, that's, that's why I went with this generation. But I think next generation, I might just go to PC. There's going to be plenty of reasons to to do it. There's going to be plenty of things you can only play on the PC for sure. I, I think that there, there's a lot of people out there that would potentially fall in love with something like Star Citizen if they ever really got their hands on it. Uh, but um, it, but and another thing about the PC is that it kind of like intersects where with consoles like with software wise. You know, a lot of the software gets ported, and so it's like you can play a lot of these titles that you would have to play on either console. Uh, on the on the PC, but you don't feel like you're completely missing out unless you consider the exclusive titles, which right. really that's that's what that's what the sell is for the consoles, right? Yeah. Like what exclusive titles? And I think this is one of your topics too. Not taken. Uh, G G money or uh, 
Duffy, what's your name now? Crazy Fra- <laughs> Frank. Call, you can just call Freezy me Blanco Frank. since that's what you know me by. This is great. I, I know. <laughs> I know he was Blanco. That works. Uh, J- what is it? J Fresh? I mean, come on. J say Fresh. It again. J Flex. <laughs> J Flex. That's, that's my gamer name. <laughs> J Fresh. J Flex. Well, no, I'll am, remember that. I'm sorry. I should have wrote that down. Master J Flex on the Xbox Live. <laughs> oh, my God. This is awesome. But one, of, one of your. Uh, one of your uh, uh, topics we had to do with that. Well, right? yeah, it was, there was. Um, yes, Xbox One hold the exclusive edge for 2014. Well, it kind of looks that way. And not saying that. It, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that the PS4 doesn't. What are you saying? I'm not saying the PS4 doesn't have any good. Ex- <laughs> that they're not doing well in 2014 at all because they've, they're proving that right. with sales. But it seemed like you know, just sitting back when I was reading that article, that you know. Xbox kind of does, or Microsoft does kind of have the exclusive edge for uh, 2014, which was, yeah, which was a little shocking since uh, the Xbox One is kind of limping along with uh, with all those graphic problems that they're having. I mean, now that they're supposedly going to fix when they because they took away the the need to have the the not not the Kindle, the Connect yeah. <laughs> or the Kindle, you know, and that there's supposed to be a uh, there's a system patch coming out that's going to help like. For those who have the Connect, so it'll kind of hibernate and that kind of crap. Yeah, but I feel like the first year of these console lives is just a wash anyway with, with every console. The 360 was the same way. I remember yeah. waiting for Oblivion for the 360. And Holy shit, that's that's when I got it. Yeah. I got it when Oblivion came out. That's Yeah. And I just remember waiting for that freaking game because it looked amazing. And finally, like after games like that came out, it was like a, a floodgate open. Yeah. And I think next I, year, that's what we're going to see. I, I was rocking a GameCube for a while before, and then and then finally got the Xbox 360. Yeah, Mario Sunshine. <laughs> uh, I love yeah, Mario so, Sunshine. <laughs> you know this? Yeah, he's right. I mean, and and this first year. Yeah, it's a wash. This first year is just kind of like, well, you know, whatever. I mean, there's there's a handful of of PS4 games that are coming out that I'm really excited about. I mentioned one, Bloodborne, Blood, right. Blood, Bloodborne by Miyazaki. Um. Oh, that that is gonna be. <laughs> it it looks really. I mean, it looks pretty intense. Like when they were showing it off at E three, I was like, wow, this, Jesus, you know. Yeah, those games. Those games give you this kind of creepy, eerie feeling, like you're slipping into another darker dimension. They it's, do pull you in. It has this effect that a lot of games can't achieve. Yeah, Dark Souls uh, definitely had that effect on me. Just like the way the story was told and. Yeah, uh, you know, you're put into this one realm, and then you have to go to another realm, and it's just crazy. Well, I mean, any any game where, like, as you're playing it, you, like you had as you describe, where you like you look down one end of like the tunnel, or you're like, no, oh, come on, <laughs> I don't want to yeah. go down. <laughs> you know, exactly, exactly. When a game does that, kind of like gives you that kind of reaction, you know, that you know, you're like, that's that's a hell of a story that they've sucked you in with. Yeah, let's face it. I mean, we're we're like in our 30s, right? I mean, I don't know how old Doc is, but you know. J Flex and I are in our 30s, and Doc is 18. Yeah, I'm, I'm, 30, we've I'm played, 36. We've played like so many games already, so we it's we, that edge wears off, right? Like Resident Evil at the time when I first played Resident Evil, I felt like that, you know. Yeah. And obviously going back now and playing it again, I, I wouldn't get that feeling because you know it's gone and and passed, right? But I feel like yeah. these games like Dark Souls and uh, you know even other games like uh, uncharted does it for me different parts of uncharted when you're playing it you're like oh my god this is amazing and it it's just nice to get that still but it's yeah, harder I think to that, get that. I, I think that if you have right combination of uh 
scenery and music and just building the tension in very subtle ways. Yeah. Story is uh, a big thing then, for me. Right. Story. Like if everything's there, then you're going to feel it doesn't matter how many times you've experienced it. You'll still end up there. I mean, like like Outlast, for example, I'm, I, I go I went into Outlast thinking, all right, I, you know, no sweat. I've played so many of these freaking games. And, and and so I'm not going to let it, for, but but it still managed to freak me out, even yeah. as cheesy as how horrific it was. I mean, that that story just keeps piling it on on the horror. So by the time the the end comes, you're more exhausted than afraid. Yeah, exactly. So, but at the same time, it's it's still it's still worth playing. It's still worth that initial kind of a handful of, of scares and, and that atmosphere because they did it right. The music was eerie. The, the 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 you know the place was dirty and grungy the environment everything was just felt like you know that whole silent hill kind of uh atmosphere oh, which, i love silent hill you know it, it it keeps working because it is is just about the creepiest kind of thing you can think of <laughs> in outlast that i mean i felt a little bit like it was the, the cheesy thrills but like you said after a while you do feel exhausted like i remember playing that and i got to the scene where you're running from all the inmates and you have to keep barricading the doors and then you yeah. get into the elevator, and I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> I have to get to this little elevator. And, you know, I died the first time I was doing it. But And then horrible things have to happen after that. You know, you're like, holy shit, it just keeps getting worse and worse. And just like Silent yeah, Hill. And, and it, you know, the thing with Outlast that with me is, like, I understand, you know, they they want you to feel prey all the time. They right. want to make it make you feel like you're helpless. But But as a person who really loves the Condemned games... Which I really hope they make a sequel. Oh at God, some point, I love the first Condemned one. one and two are great. I want to be able to punch these Dong brothers in the face when they <laughs> yeah. get all up in my face, like like or at least you know at least fend them off or you know something like just some kind of be be capable of some sort of self defense. Right. Yeah. Um. Because I mean, if you're the kind of journalist that goes up to a, a freaking you know creepy ass mansion. And you walk in there, the first thing you see is like beheaded dudes and bodies all split open. Instead of turning around and leaving, <laughs> and you're going forward. You better be a freaking uh, a, a freaking uh, uh, navy navy seals, ex navy seals, or some shit like that, and be yeah. like, I can handle myself. Not like, oh, I'm armed with a camera, and yet I'm gonna go into the deep dark depths of hell. <laughs> armed with a camera, the batteries keep dying in. <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, but 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 I mean, but for what they did. You know, the game wasn't so long that it was, and I ended up flying through it. And I'm playing Whistleblower right now, which is just kind of patching up a little bit of the origin or the stuff that happened before. Um, right. It, you know, it's fine. But um, I want to see more survival horror. Because uh, you've got, uh, what's his name? The, the creator of Resident Evil is coming oh, out the, with uh, The Evil Within, which is an exclusive yeah. for Xbox, you know, to bring it back to Xbox One exclusives. Uh, the Evil Within, and I keep on forgetting his name, and I should know it. Uh, I pretend to be an expert. It's not Miyush. The guy who uh, developed it, the 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 Resident Evil guy, the director, I think. Resident Evil guy, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, Mas Masato. Masato, uh, or yeah, no, well, it might be Shinji, Shinji Makiyami. They all sound. They all sound <laughs> right. That's, That's the problem. I love I'm Japanese butchering people, these names. Damn it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I think the it's the director within... Shinji. Let me see here. Well, yeah, you look. Yeah, the, the, the but director... the thing with the, I mean, yeah, you can get that yeah. on the. That'll be out. That, that comes out PS4 and Xbox One in October, the end of October, I think. I I thought it was. Uh... No. Or was that? No, you can. Um, you can get it on the, the Xbox One, PS4, PC, okay. and then the the two even the Wii U previous gens. 
Oh, they are. They are yeah, yeah, PC. it'll be on the PC. Good to know. But to- so, so <clears throat> the people are complaining about that being uh, kind of a step backwards yeah. and, and going back to where survival horror used to be. So there's this argument of whether or not, you know, it's a bad thing to, to revisit those games, which at the time were people really loved them for what they were. Right. And like, you know, we're talking about the controls, maybe some restrictiveness adding to the tension. And, and I, I don't really know how this will play out, but I like the way it looks. It looks like your classic Resident Evil type. It looks like Saul with, to me. It looks like the with, with a lot movies. more, with a lot more blood and guts, obviously. And, and I still think it's going to be worth playing. I mean, it is my favorite genre. So I try to give everything a shot. There's, Certain games that are survival horror games that look great until you get your hands on them, like Daylight PC came out. Yeah. Uh, that looks like it was going to be a good time. And it it fell really flat. It's just a really bad game. And Jessica Chobot wrote the script. And uh, it's kind of, I like her a lot. It's bad that it's lie as a game. Oh, yeah. So what is your favorite Resident Evil game, Doc? Uh, I would have to say it's, it's kind of a toss up between Resident Evil remake GameCube. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 4. Yeah. There have to be a tie between those. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of like on the same fence here at, um, I, I loved 4. I think I play that. I don't want to say I played it the most. I probably played the first one the most, but I still think I, uh, two and four would be the ones I would pick. Um, and the reason why I ask that is because I feel like the Evil Within is sort of trying to emulate four a little bit, and even five. Five I hated. The the look of it was fine, great, um, yeah. And I think you no, know, the look of it looks definitely has like that kind of Resident Evil Four look to it. Um, I don't know how it controls. I have to get my hands on it to see how it controls to see if I compare it more to those earlier games. Like, well, they're I running was... from people. They're running from like the chainsaw guy from the fourth game. Right. That's sort right. of in this. Oh, sorry. Are you talking about like events that occur? Yeah, kind of like the, the dynamics. Con- the of the... Of the... Okay. Yeah, of the game. They, they A seem. Bit, yeah, I mean, all these survival horror games have freaking bosses, like your pyramid heads, your. Uh, your butchers, I your, love I mean, <laughs> there's, there's always like those handful of like ultra scary dudes to shake things up. Yeah. Um, this game looks, you know, it's no exception. And that's the thing. It's like, well, you know, do people get used to this formula to the point where they don't get scared or do they just allow themselves to get wrapped up in it? Like, I don't want to go into a, 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 a scary game, you know, thinking that, oh, you know, I've been, I've seen it all before and then constantly be thinking about, how it's similar to previous games, right. that'll just ruin your experience. Yeah, you know, I, instead, I don't do just that. Get into the moment. Just try to put your head into wherever the, the designers want your head to be and, and go with it. I actually have a friend who, who was just talking about Tomb Raider because he just got a PS4, and he was saying that about Tomb Raider. He said it was too similar to um, Uncharted for him. And he was like talking about all the similarities. And I was like, yeah, but... Once you get into it, it's really not. It's it's like completely different. Pacing well, is different. The the Tomb Raider game was an excellent action adventure game. Yes. It it was really excellent. It was a great job all around. Was it an excellent Tomb Raider game? It 
Maybe not as much, but 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 still as good. Like the, here's the, the thing about it is that the tomb raiding, the actual exploration seemed kind of secondary to just wanton action scenes, which which is the biggest difference from all the other Tomb Raider games. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I would uh, agree. And so that whole sense of exploration as being the main part of gameplay, uh, that that kind of is gone, and then you're you're replaced with all these quick time events and everything yeah. like that. And and they worked; they were cool. Yes. But 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 the, you know, at some point you're like, man, I really just want to go into a cave and explore. Yeah. And the only caves and the only caves that you gave me are literally like they're very small, and you finish them almost immediately. And so that's. That's where that game suffered. So I hope that. So your friend is right, and in that sense, it is a bit more like Uncharted because the game is constantly trying to propel you forward on a linear story instead of allowing you to just relax and kind of explore every nook and cranny of a place. Yeah, I feel like um, Uncharted, or not Uncharted, um, Assassin's Creed Four is similar in this regard because I feel like it's not a very good Assassin's Creed game, but it's still a good game. It's like a pirate simulator almost. But I right. would say it's not a good Assassin's Creed. It's not a yeah. It's definitely not a, a decent Assassin's Creed. <laughs> it's game. a game Sid Meier's would want to play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sid Meier. I, I think you know with the Assassin's Creed games, um, they're all really solid games. They always just barely manage to add to make things feel new simply by changing the time period and maybe a few mechanics, and that's smart. To over time, you know, continue to show the, the the you know these assassins fighting the good fight over you know in different uh, eras, right? And uh, and then eventually you think, oh, they're gonna get to like a like present time. And and to be honest, I actually like the idea of finally getting to a modern day scenario where the assassins are alive. And I don't even know if that's part of the story. I mean, maybe the assassins are far gone by the time modern industrial post-industrial society comes along well they but said I would they like won't to do see it. it yeah okay see i would like to see it go so as far I. as like 20 20 50 20 80 yeah. flying cars you end up being like grendel like the from the <laughs> oh, nice which yeah, by the way Gren, grendel a grendel video game would be wow, freaking awesome would, but that's that, a totally other that's a, yeah that would be pretty cool <laughs> i'd play that because that's what the grendel i mean some of the grendels were were, were assassins uh, so it would, you know what I mean? So you could kind yeah. of like get just modernize the assassin thing. I don't know. It could be cool, but I guess, yeah, if they're not going to do it, maybe they should move on there. There's certain uh, companies that I would love to see move on from the franchises that they've been doing for a while, even though I greatly love the franchises like uh Saint, like um, Volition with Saints Row. Mm. Uh, I I right. love Saints Row, <laughs> but so with Saints Row though. 4, you, you, yeah. you pretty, you pretty much went everywhere you're going to go with the Saints Row game in Saints Row 4 because you just maxed it out with every superpower you could think of and just every absurd thing. So here's what I'm thinking. You know, Volition should kind of, you know, put that aside for a while. Maybe dive into making, like, a like an officially licensed Marvel game or Avengers game so you can have, you know, uh, full cities or, or play, like, I, that's what I would do is, like, you know, have, like, five or six different cities, major mm-hmm. cities, uh, sandbox them, and then have people, you know, just play the Avengers and all the different Marvel characters and then come together with epic battles and do like real, like better damage models and stuff and the buildings and the cars and stuff. So when there's a fight, it really takes its toll. And um, I mean, they're, they're, that they have a great engine that they can improve on and, and make some really cool games like that. So Marvel said, Marvel actually said officially, and I think it was Fahey himself said they would love to do a righteous uh, Avengers game that is as good as the Arkham City games, 
but they said that they want to they first they have to meet the right studio they have to they have to uh find the right people to do it and i'm thinking volition's a great company to go to for that that would um and there's probably a few more too that i can think of but uh i don't know that's just i I would love to see the grand theft auto series go away (laughs) yeah and that's another like rockstar you know they've they've done what they've done red dead the red dead games yeah uh, is there are there any other sandboxers that they're known for? Or is it that just that those two? Well, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's just those two. But they they've done like uh, Midnight Club, you know, and I was sort of like a, you know, do it yourself. That was racing. Do it yourself racing, you know, uh, the the manhunt games, which are kind of like that. I, I don't know. Yeah, um, but yeah, they, they have like this formula that they they don't really stray from, from too much. Uh, with their games, I I, I was just never uh, uh, I was never a GTA fan. Well, five looked kind of cool. You know, I, well, five is if the thing is, is if you didn't like four, I don't think five is going to be a better experience because it gets even more kind of samey and drudgy. And I, mean, I I haven't played it, but from everything I've heard, and I've played the other one. Yeah. Like I I you know since like three, I guess it was, or what was. First, uh, yeah, that was, that was like okay. the first time they sandbox. Like, yeah, and there was Vice City. Right. All right, yeah. so basically, I, I I beat Vice City, and then since then, haven't been able to really get into a GTA gaming. You know, with four, I played maybe like twenty hours, which is not a long time, right? Ooh, um, and and I kind of dropped it, and I think it's a lot. It has to do with a lot of things. I mean, just personal taste. I like a little more energy and. Um, variety color and <laughs> you know just uh, i like i i just like because it, it seemed kind of you know i don't know like not gritty but not in a good way you know like it just kind of and very it's great like the humor of it wasn't grounded but the physics of it were pretty grounded so you kind of, at some point you felt like you were just kind of like doing the same thing and you're kind of restricted mm-hmm. and, yeah I, I had the same problem with watchdogs yeah, and that's and so like I think those kind of games in general, the sandbox games, have to really be unique, or for me to enjoy them now. Like like here's another game title that's coming up that I'm super excited for because I have Faith, EA, and that's a, that's a pun actually because oh, wow. the lead character in this series is Faith. Oh, I'm talking oh. of course of yep. Mirror's Edge, Mirror's right, Edge Two. Right, right. Now that's how you make any a really luscious. Know, enjoyable environment just a, a really cool sleek environment sandboxer with something really interesting and new to do uh the way that they do parkour and stuff like to this day nobody's really doing it except there's a game dying light i think it is that's coming up uh, it's a first person parkour zombie survival game yes right yep uh which which because of the parkour and the the pretty it looks really good i may actually give that game a shot i'm getting pretty sick of zombies uh, yeah i have but, yeah but, but, but we all yeah, are. i have it pre-ordered but i was just uh saying to do me earlier i was like i think i might have to go back and look over my pre-orders just yeah just because i'm start no l- listen i i don't think these zombies are going to be these these zombies are going to be more like the resident evil 5 african uh crazy fast zombie right um so it's basically it's going to be like going up against more formidable, faster, kind of like Dead Island, intense creatures. Yeah, more like Dead Island. Too. Yeah, uh, but I love the parkour of it. It looks like it controls really well, 
and we'll have to see certain certain games that look great still lose my interest like far cry 3 i i feel like that game is a masterpiece and why can't i enjoy it it's 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 a masterpiece it looks incredible it feels incredible everything about it seems like it should be a game that i want to play to the end why don't i want to play it to the end? here's my issue with that like i'm the same way with far cry like i love the first one but uh i have i have them all i have one through three and two and three, I just can't do more than like maybe like 25 or 30 hours into them. Like, I just can't really, I, I don't know. I feel like I just wander around and not do anything. Kind of like. Maybe it's because it's too open. <laughs> it's too you open. Know, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe and, and not so much like, like if you have a game like, uh, like Skyrim. For, right. Um, it's, it's incredibly I open. I love Skyrim. But there's a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. And there's. And in fact, and then the missions, the missions vary, right? Yeah. Whereas in, in Far Cry, the missions do not vary at all. I actually enjoy Blood Dragon. I like, I like Blood Dragon more than Far Cry 3. A lot of people do. That's why I bought it. That's why I have it on my queue. Yeah. Um, and I do like the idea of Michael Bean doing the voice, too. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, Blood Dragon was just... Blood Dragon was amazing. I could, I could <laughs> stop giggling as I was playing it because it was just so... <laughs> But even like the bow and arrow, because and there you have it. It's because there's personality. Yeah, oh, it has a lot. Yeah. Has a lot of that. I love the look, like that neon. Oh like yeah, 80s just the whole synthesizer yeah, the whole, in the background, know, bit kind of goof or nod they were doing. It just it, yeah, it was really. Uh, I mean, good for those guys. And that's that's more yeah, of my I mean, alley. And that's you know. So you're not. Are you going to? Are you going to get Far Cry Four then? Well, four. All four is is is. Far Cry Three, but in a different savage third world it has region. elephants. Yeah, it looks pretty. That's the thing. It looks it looks awesome, right? And you know what? I I'm gonna continue to go back to Far Cry Three. Yeah, because I feel yeah I'm gonna piecemeal it, and I'm gonna try and get to enough progress where the story kicks into high gear. Hopefully that happens. And I'll be wrapped up in the actual story. Um. But that's one way to do it. A little bit here, a little bit there. Yeah, I, I mean, I bought both Far Cry 2 and 3 on sale. You know, I got them for like, I got, I recently got Far Cry 3 for like six bucks or seven bucks. And then I got Far Cry 2 for like five dollars, a new egg, like, you know, a while back. So nice. it's not like, you know, I, I spend a lot of money on those games. So I don't really, I don't hate them <laughs> for it, you know. Uh, but, you know, I'm, have you guys, if either of you guys played uh, the Just Cause 2? No. Yes. Yes. Okay, that, that game was insanely fun. And it, it was kind of it was kind of the same setting. It was this massive island. Yeah. You know, kind of tropical island. And there was like, you know, indigenous people. And a lot of them were militants or whatever. Kind of, kind of the same thing. But that game was just way more fun because the shit you could do was so... The grappling Ridiculous. hook, the grappling hook, like friggin' uh, Bionic Commando. You know, I think every game needs that, <laughs> except for well, Bionic Commando, the the game they the the new gen game or the last gen game they came up with that was terrible. Apparently, oh, you didn't like is, that? Which is a shame. The the 3D one that they, yeah, I, I, lo- I mean, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? I that... I I feel like um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't great. I I I just I guess kind of I had fun with it because I was uh, nostalgic, but it, it was very different from the original. Very well. Powerful. Yeah. Anything would be different from the, at this point would be different from the original. Yeah, but they could have just made it exactly like the original. I would have loved it. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, I enjoyed. Uh, they they had the um, what was it on? Um, you know, Xbox Arcade. The uh, 
Bionic Commando side scroller, the you know the kind yeah. of re the HD revamp version. of it. Yeah. Right, right, right. That, that shit was so hard, dude. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> I mean, it, so it was got the first the one though. First one's ridiculous. I know. And maybe it's just reminding you how friggin' hard it is, but it it was just really friggin' hard. <laughs> yeah. People like to say Dark Souls is hard. Play that shit. I was just yeah. going to no say that. Like, this has come from a guy right? who's, played, who's played Dark Souls 1 and 2. Yeah, but back then there was no save system. You you had to do everything like and, and not not die. Yeah, I do not <laughs> miss those games. In fact, if you go to my site, GameFaceTheater.com, and look at me play a Mario ripoff called um, 8-Bit Boy, the controls on that are... And I realized that as I was... I was at first, I was like, man, this is... Controls are so sluggish and unresponsive, and, and this is just no fun... And then I'm like, wait a minute. It's not that it's a bad copy of the early Mario games. It's that it's an exact copy of the <laughs> early Mario games and that those yeah. games were actually really freaking bad. They had bad controls. Um, I mean, at the time they were great because that's what we freaking had. So people got used to it. And, you know, my hat's off to anybody that really got good to a lot of those uh, NES games. But let's face it. I guarantee you that the majority of gamers from the Nintendo era especially the young ones, the kids, uh, they would not play through an entire game of most of that library. Probably a handful of games they would play into the very end. I, I Generally speaking, I mean, of course you had your hardcores and you had your kids that stuck it out, but imagine how many games went unfinished on the early NES system. Well, there- yeah, I, I can remember games on the, uh, the Genesis that were hard, like uh, Cyborg Justice. Uh, and and JFlex and I were just talking about, like, they should remake that. Um, and that I don't know if you ever played that doc or not. Not that game, but I, I have played a fair share of uh, Genesis titles. But, but that, I did really like that system. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. But yeah, that freaking game. You know, like you would get to like the last world, which was like World Six. It wasn't even like that far, <laughs> you yeah. know. But it was like fr- freaking ridiculously hard. Like Double Dragon Two, impossible. <laughs> oh, impossible. oh wow. Yeah. There's a reason people when they think Double Dragon, they usually think about the first game because the yeah. second one has been. Depressed in memory. You can't get past the bar scene in the very beginning. It's like just torture. It is like the Dark Souls of back then. <laughs> Ew, wow. What about um um? Uh, so my favorite game from the Genesis, and if either of you guys played it, that'd be awesome because it'd be cool to talk about it. I barely get a chance to talk about it. Uh, is Landstalker? I know that game. I don't think I know that one. So Landstalker, Landstalker was was. In every sense, the Zelda for the Genesis. It, it, it is the most like a Zelda oh, game. Oh, yeah. Was called, like, I remember the, it was like Landstalker King Knoll or something. Or, it, it, yeah, King Knoll was like... Yeah, it, had, it, had, a, it had a... Isometric? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes. He even looked like that, Link a little bit, right? A little bit. And, and, and so Zelda was overhead, and, and this one was isometric, which gave it a little more of... A, it was even cooler and for right. me playing it you know graphically and um and and it was a really good story there's really good friendship between the the you know your your character and the fairy his friend fairy <laughs> uh i mean it sounds like but no but but you you went to all these different locations yeah. and yeah. and it was great it was like and there was some depth to it there was conversations you had to have there were items you had to retrieve or whatever you now for the time it, it was really good and uh that's a game there's so many games that you guys should do an entire episode and i'll come on and uh, we'll we'll do an entire episode where we talk about lost franchises that should reemerge. Yeah, that should be a good one. Go back to 
and uh, just forgotten games, forgotten that could be great franchises that could be something cool with these new gen like concepts that you know were really undeveloped them just simply because they didn't you know the scope was larger than the, the tech. We should pick Nowadays, like five for like ones we think should come back and five that should never ever be made again. <laughs> we, yeah, we could do it that way. You set set the freaking standards and. Because I can think of a lot of games that I played back then, and I was like, I can't believe I just spent my hard-earned money on this crap. <laughs> like that one fighting game for the Genesis. What the hell is it called, Jeremy? Or uh, JFlex? Sorry. <laughs> the hell is it called? It was like. Um... Are you talking about Streets of Rage? No, no. I love. God, I love uh, Streets of Rage. No, it was. It was a like, like your uh, like a Street Fighter type of game. And it was uh, also clay, clay fighter. No, so no, I need. No, no. I need more than. I mean. It was like it was like really got, like um, twenty five years ago. So, Jesus Christ, it's gonna kill me. I'll, I'll I know this. <laughs> it's gonna kill me. We're thinking back Sega, that far. Sega be, CD. It was on the Sega CD injury. also. Okay. Oh, okay. Fighting. Oh, um, um, not Neo, not Neo. Find <laughs> the games. Um, Let's see here. What is it? Um. No, no, that was that was that. Eternal Champions. That was, oh, that. I just had a friggin' aneurysm. <laughs> Love thinking back that far. Eternal Champions, that game. Fuck that <laughs> game. <laughs> right. Okay, so you know we're at risk of giving away yeah. things that are going to be on that yeah, on should, that list. Save it. But I just want to drop one name. Okay. Uh, one game that's freaking Bushido Blade. There has really? not been. Yes. The, really. The Bushido Blade games, especially the second one, the sword fighting. It's they were the only to this day. Like the only straight up, like really. Oh, oh, good you, oh! Ones you like, games. ones you like. Yes. Oh, I thought you were saying you hated it. I was gonna say, how could oh, you hate no, that no, no, game? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. There's okay. plenty that I hate, but no, no, no. I want more Bushido Blade. That, yeah. There was no. There's not been. Remember the bamboo game? That was awesome. Yes, yes. That's what I'm talking about. Imagine that. Imagine that rendered in like. I mean, they could make that shit look like you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. They could make it look like Hero and. A uh, house of flying oh, daggers, wow. you know, yeah. uh, and uh, oh, sp- oh man, and now, now, now you got now me going. Frothy. Freaking Jade Empire. <laughs> oh Nobody yeah, Jade Empire. Holy Jade shit. Empire. Nobody's a good... done a game that incorporated yeah. like straight up kung fu fighting combos. Like, why did people not like this shit? That was like Kotor, though. That was like kung fu Kotor. It was great. Exactly. Exactly. Well, because it was it was Bioware. It was their right. same system. It, it was beautiful story was great the characters were great fight moves were great everything about that game was great and not that many people played it because i guess ostensibly it just looked like you know like like too foreign to them like a lot of these chinese japanese titles you know i mean in this case it was like mystic chinese stuff and let's face it there's only like a certain sector of our our population that can get into anything like that yeah um that's a shame uh it's really is a shame but by where also they kind of I, whenever I hear that, I always think of Star Wars now. Really? You know, well, yeah, like, I mean, they nailed, dude, they, they've nailed so much. I mean, the Dragon Age. Well, yeah, they've, uh, they've done, oh, no, I'm not uh, saying they, they, I'm not saying they haven't done anything else. I'm just saying, like, whenever I think Bioware, I always just think back to them doing, you know, hitting huge with, with their Star Wars titles. Yeah, I mean, they, they mostly hit huge with what they do. Yeah. Like, Mass uh, Effect and, is amazing. Oh, yeah, it's Mass Effect was all, you know... And the, yeah, see, you, you look at their body of work, and there is nothing in their body of work that you would look at and say, "Oh, that sucked." <laughs> and, and most of the time, you're going to say, "That was freaking brilliant." 
like the the uh the like they are paragons of game developers they are up there among the greats and silly canadians to boot <laughs> well dude, a lot of great i mean you know ubisoft montreal which apparently is where phil fish came from Oof. and uh, I I watched this little kind of uh, YouTube video about Phil Fish that was uh, pretty interesting. Oh, you should send that to us. Was it? Oh, say it was the. What? I I will. It's it actually it doesn't it doesn't appeal to. It's a it's a very strange video because it doesn't defend Phil Fish nor does it like condemn oh, him. Oh, okay. That's that's fine. It, that's fine. And it's more of a it, it's more of like fo- you know forcing the viewer to um, understand their own the source of their own uh, maybe hatred of Phil Fish. And confronting maybe the real reason why they would be so inclined to hate him so easily. Well, he doesn't help. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't. And that yeah. and the point is made that he is, of course, kind of a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I, then I mean, he, then he goes on to talk about how the media will only focus on plays of character that are less than flattering, rather than anything that might counter that to show that he's more of a dynamic human right. being. And they brought up, you know, the point that in the uh, documentary uh, indie game, the right. That you know, at one point he's sitting down and he's pondering why nobody watched this kind of video review, this great review of his game. Fez got hardly any views and he was seemed legitimately crushed by that. And, and they point out that, yeah, look there, here's a guy that really places so much of himself into what he makes that he's so sensitive and he gets crushed easily about it and he might lash out and act behave a certain way. Um, yeah. And, and, and in a way you can, you can understand that. Cause it's like, if you make something and you're really proud of it and it bodies literally every inch of you, uh, and you put so much work into it. I mean, obviously it's crushing when you find that despite all your best efforts, it, it there's people that just won't give a shit or people that'll tear you up or I couldn't you know, do people it. That, I, I couldn't be a, a, a game designer because that, for that same reason, like I think I would just be like, if somebody hates this, it's going to kill me, you know? Yeah, exactly. And there's tons of pressure and, and just being, you know, I think you know, an artist and, and especially in highly competitive fields, you really are putting yourself out there. I mean, you know, you respect like stand up comedians because if you think about really how Austin mentally exhausting, it would be to go on a tour you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. connect with audience after audience in different regions. I mean, that shit is, you know, that's as brave and physical that you could do. I mean, obviously, in a physical situation, you could die. But but you can, you know, you could suffer internal wounds that are soul-crushing being an entertainer and and people telling you you suck. Right. Well, sure, because you're, you're putting yourself out there just, you know, and, see, and, seeing, and seeing the said, reaction first. Yeah. <laughs> Right. No, exactly, exactly. And and that said, Billfish definitely doesn't, doesn't help. Does not help. Doesn't he doesn't help himself by the way that he reacts. No. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, I mean, me personally, I don't know about J Flex here, but I I mean I don't I don't hate the guy. I I like Fez a lot. In fact I, I love the art direction and the music especially. Um, you know, I have the soundtrack. I love it. But he says yeah, I have it. yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, disaster piece i think maybe did it i, f- I forget but um yes I, I love the soundtrack i use it in fact if you listen to feed it comics you'll find that the the intro music to every single episode going back maybe six seven episodes leading up to the intro song is all like the intro to one of the songs on that oh, nice. soundtrack and it kind of just blends into the, the oh, theme I, didn't know that. I never played fez 
Oh, it's, it's good. It's very I, good. I, I, didn't, I didn't know you it's did that. It's hard, and it's weird, and it's got bugs, but... Yeah. yeah, I mean, I got stuck somewhere. I got stuck in this place where there was, like, a, a billion doors. <laughs> probably know what I'm talking about, yep. too. And at and, 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 and that point, I was like, what the hell am I supposed to be doing? There's it's no like, direction. Really... There's, like, no direction. Yeah. There's no real map. And, uh, yeah, it's it's very, very much an indie game in that regard. Um, like, a true indie game. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I totally, I totally appreciate his work, you know, so it's not like I don't appreciate his work and, uh, I don't really care how he is as a human being, but the fact that he's so vocal about certain things about the gaming industry, I'm like, eh, maybe you should shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, and well, and, and now, you know, it's been months, he's gone quiet. Yeah. yeah. Then, you know, you just wonder just how it's got to be to be him in the aftermath probably questioning himself questioning whether or not he should have reacted so uh volatile you know and and how hard it would be to come back from that but um yeah but whatever you know i mean that's that's i would actually love for him to come back and to make great games and that's all really i would ask of anybody who is in this space oh absolutely you know absolutely right and and you know so there's um what is the studio that did shadow I, want, oh, I wanted to point out that the way that they did maps, that game was just awesome. Shadow Complex? Why? Shadow Complex. Do it I... was released on Xbox Arcade as well, so I mean, there's a chance you might. Yeah, if this you is haven't. A, the side-scroller, right? Side-scroller, it's pretty awesome. I think the, the people who did the new... Is it Chair, it was, it was, chair it Entertainment? Ch- uh, chair and Epic Games? Chair Entertainment, Epic Games? Yeah, it was Chair was the developer. Sure, yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Um, that game was was really cool, and I love the way. So that's kind of like a Metroid style game, which I to this day still love it. And and I want to uh, let you guys in on <gasps> something. I mean, I've, this doesn't doesn't really apply to you, Jay Fresh, but um, flex. <laughs> I, know, I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you're a PC gamer, Doom. So yeah, uh, you haven't played the Swapper. The Swapper. Incredible Wait, game. That sounds familiar. incredible. The Swapper. I, was that on Steam late, uh, recently as a, a sale? It's it's always on Steam, and you can probably still get it. For, yeah, the, the for space cheap. one, right? Where you you send out a like a clone of yourself. You send out, yeah. You can use you know you spit out multiple clones yourself to fulfill certain. Things. I almost bought this. I literally almost Dude, bought this the other day. It is, it is a. I mean, the critics loved it. It's kind of a sleeper hit, but if you get the chance to play it, you should play because if you start you start it and you start getting into it, you'll find that you're completely sucked into it, and you. We'll continue to want to play it until it's done. It has a great atmosphere. The puzzles are um, just super different and yeah. cool. Like you know, it's seven and bucks. You kind of have to buy it. You should. <laughs> it's it's so freaking good. Um, I played it till about two quarters of the way through, and then my game sa- my computer got corrupted. I had to reset Oof. everything, and when I brought back the save files, it didn't save properly. So I I have to start it from the beginning. Which in most cases I wouldn't do that, but for this game, I look forward to starting really? it again. Wow. And, and then playing it to the very end again. I actually am almost kind of happy that I get to start it again and, and play through it. Wow. Oh, that's great. How I good mean, that is. is one thing that I, I, I am, uh, I, I give completely to the, to the PC game market is that there's so much on steam. You know, wow. it's just the sales that between the sales, they run on like, you know, regular game titles that you buy on the consoles that are, you can get for like $10 on steam. But there's just so much on there. It turns out to be that looks so cool. I mean, this sounds awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, and if you look, the, the summer Steam sales are, and the winter, for that matter, the Steam sales, uh, those are events that are just, they put you in a state of celebration for like literally a week. <laughs> you're, you're, you're checking, you're wanting to see what's next. And you, like Dishonored is for five bucks oh, right now. Oh, such a good game. Oh, Left really? for Dead Two, Left for Dead Two is four bucks right now. Resident Evil, the port that they just made, the HD edition, is eleven ninety nine. Uh, Assassins Black, Assassins Creed Black Flag already fifty percent off on Steam. Yes, that is wow. correct. Did you um, play Dishonored, Doc? Oh, Alice, the Madness Returns, five bucks. To play oh, I have that for my uh, PS3. It is. Uh, they're. they're it, it, it's a it's a weird game it's weird i like that's what i yeah. like about it though i mean i i don't play it for the gameplay as much as just the environment it, okay, then, and the weird shit that then, you come yeah across. it's it, it it's it then you'll love it the environments are definitely just you you spend i spend a lot of time just looking around going like wow what where the hell am i there's a ridiculous fighting game called dive kick that my uh, oh, friend kevin kick. told me to get dive kick <laughs> That's for All you do is kick one hit. <laughs> one but hit it's kills. so silly. It, it you is. just get these different kind of almost normal looking people <laughs> doing like ridiculous maneuvers. It's one one hit kill. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> like 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 the kick in Titanfall. Speaking Those of Titanfall, fuckers. that let's let's wrap it up with your with your other topic. Ah uh, yes. Most, right? yes, most overhyped uh, games of twenty fourteen. There you go. Now we segue into closing. Good one, Doc. Um, I would definitely put Titanfall in that category of overhyped. Ah, uh, for twenty fourteen. I mean, it's not even it's over, not over yet. yet. As of now, we'll say I'll say as of now. Yeah, I would definitely have to well, go let, with that too. Let's let's yeah let's let's really break down Titanfall. <laughs> yeah, let, let, uh, let's what, let's do that. <laughs> what it is because I I played it I played it uh, for a good chunk and. I remember moments where I was feeling like a champion and I was fist pumping, <laughs> but quite more, more often the case was I was getting my ass slaughtered and I was getting incredibly irritated. Rage that's, quitting. That's, that's a light term, actually. <laughs> rage quitting, yes. You know what? In fact, I, I did rage quit a few times. Yeah. Now, Titanfall as a game, it is a solid game. Yes. It's pretty fluid. Um. It, it it does a very good job of kind of masking its borderline irrelevance and technologically. roughness and roughness. Yeah, that's it's a good very way rough. of putting it. Um, it's and so so it it was good. That's so what it was. It was really fun for like a short period of time. Some people may continue to play it. I guess it's worth getting. It's so for me now. It's it's kind of a game to go back into if you have a bunch of other friends that are like, yo man, let's just play some Titanfall. You know, yeah. I'll make a drink, make a drink, plug in Titanfall and play Titanfall. Probably enjoy it. But after a while, it really becomes just kind of like, and that's the problem with most most of these shooters. Well, here's my main issue with with Titanfall. Well, I have several issues, but my main issue with Titanfall is the cost versus what you get. And but yeah, oh the yeah. game is yeah, 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 way. Yeah. It is at least double what it should be because all it is is multiplayer, and I'm not trying to say that as if like multiplayer only games are unimportant, but I feel like there really isn't much substance to this multiplayer game other than the boards that we've all played many times already. Um, 
that's my main my main issue with the game. My second main issue would be the freaking drop kicking. One hit kill with a boot to the head is retarded in these games, and it's cheap as friggin' hell. It's it's no better than in Halo or in Call of Duty or Battlefield. They all have it, <laughs> you know. I mean, I, I, I guess at least in Halo, like you have a shield and it takes like two hits to kill you. But at still. least in Call of Duty, it's a knife they're plunging into you. Right, it's not a kick. This must have happened to you way more times than it happened to yeah, me. Oh god, I got, uh, it I happened got enough times. It happened enough times, and not only that, but it happened where it was weird, like a lock-on kick, where the person would track me with their foot extended, and it would like have to hit me. Right, <laughs> it's, which is ridiculous. ridiculous. The fun factor of Titanfall yeah. ran out quick. Like I, uh, I picked up a Titanfall bundle for the Xbox One. You know, because you know, like everybody else, when I saw Titanfall uh, at the at E3, it was just like, "Holy crap! This is this is a hell of a game." And after playing it for probably like a week, I was like, "Oh, okay, so I'm done." The my and there's even more problems to rack onto that too. Yeah, I I didn't like that the campaign was essentially just multiplayer with like the the most indecipherable oh story God, yeah i mean the the story itself is kind of simple but the, you know you don't give a shit about anything that's happening in the world and i think it's really important that have a have a campaign that does so well in establishing the world that you actually enjoy yes. revisiting it you know and you're there and you're like okay well i, I can kind of imagine that i'm part of this larger thing yes. that's happening and it, so at least games like halo and stuff managed to, to set that kind of premise these guys just spit out the multiplayer game, added a few things to call, you know, slapped on a freaking thing and called it a campaign and then charged for areas that, in my opinion, should have already been included with the initial launch. Oh, yeah, that, that um, they just released that DLC for like, was it 10 bucks, 15 bucks where you can uh, get more boards? But I thought it was even more. than. Well, they have a season pass uh, you can buy. That's what I yeah the season pass was like what like something 30, yeah yeah it's, it's 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 pricey I mean adding I, on to I, the game I, already yeah I feel like you know they um were I don't, they're 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 kind of milking the last rows of this particular engine <laughs> and you know what I mean it, it, like I could see if this was some state of the art new engine right. for, for a new gen system and so it costs way more to kind of create and. So even if you had like a, a multiplayer, it was all multiplayer. At least there was some state of the art shit that that demanded extra funding mm-hmm. somehow. But 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 this is like an older engine and you know, it, it really feels like they're kind of price gouging, price gouging. I mean, it's like, hey, we made a game that is at least ostensibly of quality enough to uh, to justify the price point. But then as you, you know, most of you are going to play this for a while and be like, you know what? Kind of feel like uh, I got ripped off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean you're ab- and, and you're so, absolutely yeah. right. Like this game would benefit even if it's even if it's only like three hours, just a little camp, an offline campaign that built you, <clears throat> that introduced you and you know to the world and the environment that you're supposed to be part of. You know, like yeah, I really think that they, they yeah, if they if they put if they put the the yeah, the effort into building a story with voice actors and sure. all that stuff and a soundtrack. Then yeah, then then the price is justified and then right. you have really no complaints 
that was a solid game and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the eight hour campaign. I assume it would be eight to Probably, 10 hours. Yeah. And then I enjoyed however many more hours of multiplayer that I got. But in this instance, you got multiplayer of a game of a, of a, of an actual game that wasn't made. Like you've got yeah. the multiplayer part of a, of a larger mm-hmm. game. And it's such a bullshit uh, excuse to like that. They used, you know, saying that we'll, we'll have to split the team if we do single player. And it's kind of like a cop out. If, if you ask me, you know, like yeah. they, I mean, the story itself is like robot jocks. Horrible. Well, in robot jocks, I think it was more of like a sporting yeah. event. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the voice acting is just this, as good. <laughs> I think, I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was on major Nelson or one of, it was one of the, it could have been giant bomb, whatever. Somebody was talking about, I think it actually, now that I think about it, it was giant bomb guys. Uh, maybe even talking about how, He's like, how the hell could they even afford all these Titans? Yeah. <laughs> like, like they're literally just these, you would assume that they're the most expensive or ammo state of the art machines and they end up blowing up within like two minutes. And then you're like, oh, just send another one. Like there's a conveyor, like there's a, you know, some kind of a factory just pumping them out. Yeah. Well, yeah every two minutes. Yeah. Or what? There's a silent ship. Wait. And the argument could be made that, yes, space is full of all sorts of resources and they could have mined an entire asteroid field and got all the materials. But it just seems so much work. You know, at that (laughs) point, I would just be like, hey, man, this stuff is too hard. Can't we just like space is really big? Space (laughs) is really big, too. It's like, why don't you take this planet? You guys take this planet and let's just freaking chill out. Yeah. Yeah, the story didn't make any no, sense. It didn't. You know, I I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. That's how it didn't make any sense. I, I didn't know the story at all. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I I think I, I played the quote unquote story oh. mode. It's not a story. There's an I think it's one of the final, you know, the final stages, and there's like a character that dies. He's like, tell my kids I loved them or something. Like that. <laughs> like, Fuck you, dude. Like, like, who done. are you? <laughs> I don't even know who you are. Yeah, the be- the best part of the quote unquote campaign for that game was you didn't actually have to play. You just had to stand there until right. the round was over and you advanced. It didn't matter like if you participated or not, as long as you stayed in the in the in yeah. the zone, yeah. like you know the borders of, of the of the you know territory, you would advance to the next part of the campaign. We are at war with Oceana. Like yeah, I had the, no idea yeah. when I switched sides when you because you do that in the campaign quote unquote mode, and I'm like, okay, so wait, I I can't tell who's the bad guy. <laughs> so I feel like I'm playing the same side. It's hard. Yeah, it was just it was a big. So the the main the, yeah, and the main sell for that game obviously, I mean, because I don't think they would have gotten away with this if it was just a bunch of dudes running around like like normal. Right. The only way the only reason they got away with it is because hey, look, yep. Max. And that's and it. Park parkouring. That's about it. Oh yeah, you get to, you get the wall well, run. And, and the freedom of movement is pretty like so. Those two things are great innovations. Yes. And and that's great. And and I hope that that you know games continue they continue to incorporate that kind Call of Call of Duty thing. definitely but is. It, but then it, even that seems like a Johnny Come Lately mm-hmm. thing. It's like, it's like it, oh uh, we're going into the next gen and we got this last gen thing going. So let's uh, we gotta add oh I got it parkour yeah you know and jetpacks <laughs> oh yeah jetpacks yeah plant side two at least they did it well though I mean so so to give the game credit yes the the controls are really mm-hmm. solid the aiming is solid the the sound even though my god my god jay fresh jay 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 uh flex um my god there was literally 50 gigs i kid you not well the game it was a 50 gig download for the pc the majority of those gigs 
were uncompressed wave files. Oh my god. Yeah. Now, how irresponsible. That. They claim that they did it because it oh, sounds better. On. Oh, come on. Yeah, that's, that's what, what they said. Really? <laughs> bullshit excuse. Bullshit excuse. I oh waited my God. hours for that shit to download. 50 gigs? You motherfucker. Most people don't have a system that can even like make a difference in sound. You know, like I have a nice pair of friggin' Turtle Beach headset headphones, right? And they're okay, but they're not great. Like, in my, in my, I have a soundbar. My main speaker is a soundbar above my, my 64 inch television. You know, I mean, I'm yeah. rocking that at least, but uncompressed versus compressed MP3s, I'm not going to be able to tell the difference. <laughs> Unless it's no like a bit rate at like 12. <laughs> well, you know? yeah. Okay. And, and, yeah. Sure. And the, and the thing about this is that it's, you know, the sounds, it does sound good. I'm not sure how much would suffer if they would have compressed it. But then again, they compressed it for the consoles. Yep. So if it's good enough for the console people, at least in this case, <laughs> it's good enough for the PC people. Us, us peasants. <laughs> My, yeah, I don't know. That, I mean, in the end, I was just like, oh, this was uh, this was an expensive game. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I felt robbed. Yeah, well, it, it, I mean. Sorry. No, I was oh, gonna, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no, you probably well, got I was something just, I was going to, you know, move on <laughs> to, like, you know, where going with another where I, you know, after I was done playing, I was like, well, that was another 60 some odd dollars, you know, that I just dropped, you know, when I came to Watch Dogs. I was like, oh. Yeah, I got rid of Watch Dogs. I got my money's worth. That started off with, again, with such a cool idea, and then what we ended up getting was Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, that's... that's Old Grand Theft you know, Auto. I, I, watched, I watched a bunch of... Aside from the review, you know, reviews and stuff, uh, I watched a lot of Let's yeah. Plays. Yeah. Dancing around with the idea. And, and I already was kind of thinking that it was going to end up being something like that, where it was promising to be something really new and innovative and then just eventually didn't didn't do enough more than your average GTA to, to matter that much as far as sandbox games go. And, and, and I'm already, like I said, I, I'm already kind of tired of that kind of at least like present day kind of sandbox yeah like like it's something in the future mm -hmm. flying cars and like Blade it, runner kind of it's different like if there was like a deuce x but done gta style oh, wow that'd be great dsx yeah that could be freaking awesome and, and i'm pretty pretty shitty that they haven't tried anything like that. but yeah. um you know, until they do that you know i, I don't know it, it seems like a pretty solid game it seems like there will be people to enjoy it and and you can't really make fun of them for enjoying it um, but yeah, I think we're on the same page as far as like how much it appeals to yeah, us. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, like you saw all the things that were coming, for, like, you know, when they initially showed it and then what you were going to get, you know, the years, you know, two years later is like, uh oh, you know, and then like finally got my hands on the game, started playing. I was like, oh no. <laughs> the thing, and another thing, like, the, there's just the story general seems pretty it silly because you've got this guy that is just supposed to be like a hacker but then he ends up being you know like frank west and uh or you know whatever like a, right. a complete no, badass does. but also the fact that like everybody knows who he is isn't he it, this kind of surprised me i'm like wait a minute isn't he supposed to be like anonymous but instead he's out like there's ra radio calls yeah all, he's constantly. on the radio like look for this dude everybody knows who he is not only that we know who his family is <laughs> and it just seems like there's 
No, not it doesn't have that kind of stealthy. It didn't work. Like, I'm I'm in the shadows. Nobody knows I exist. And that I think a lot of people were looking for that when this game was coming out. They wanted to feel like nobody they could disappear into the shadows right. and they could cause like a bunch of stuff to happen and nobody would freaking have a clue. Like that right there is a great sell for a game like this. And to like actually not have anything like that in there is yeah. yeah the sucks. only thing that couldn't tell who you were were the cameras. Because you know you had whatever going on, where we were just the, you know would always read out yeah. facial recognition error, but everywhere else you're right. Everybody, every knew, person, on you the know, street. look out for the vigilante. I would love to know. I would love to know what their reasoning was behind not following with that kind of core concept. They got over the, in over their heads. I mean, they they ran out of time and um, probably money resources, and they actually pulled people off of the Wii U port to work on the next-gen consoles to get it out in time. Like, they already pushed it back. They just ran I mean, out of resources. If that's the case, then it's pretty impressive they even managed to put out a a, a game that passed, passed muster at all. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was already delayed, uh, what, twice? The why, problem... does the video, why does the video game industry have to be like this at this stage in the game? I mean, you have something that it's just so uh, omnipresent now such an important at least large it's the publishers it's they want their yeah, exactly. they want their pound of flesh they want their money and they want this out now you know and they don't really this, care <laughs> right and that and it brings it all this this actually brings it all the way back around to what i was saying earlier which is this this kickstarter with chris roberts and and this being a successful project that that delivers on all ends because people will look at it and be like wow like this is the way to do it you don't have like a publisher looming over an operation and, and pushing all these timelines instead the model for video games and you're seeing this with a lot of other like you know at least on the pc games in development that you can participate in mm-hmm. and give feedback and report bugs and all that stuff uh, games that are in progress um, some are better than others but they're, it's still pretty successful kind of platform um, and then you know so you get in on the developing stage and then you know it eventually evolves into something that everybody enjoys and it, so, so I think that that model, if it becomes so successful, then publishers are going to become as irrelevant as a lot of record labels have exactly. become because of the, because with music. Yep, absolutely. And, and honestly, that's the fucking way it should be, man. Yep. <laughs> Bingo. Because because I'm, I'm sorry, you a guy in a suit and tie that makes this guy shake hands with this guy so you can get a cut of whatever. Like that that shit is just should be obsolete. It it is obsolete. Only, yeah. yeah, that's an yeah. old that's an outdated model for anything anymore. But it's just it's it's stuck on for you know however many years you know at this point. Well, they force it. They they make sure that it's the only way possible. And you know I'm surprised the publishers haven't tried to stop Kickstarter in some way. <laughs> well, they they wouldn't. I, I I don't think they'd be able to. No, they could. No, of they, course not. But still, I'm surprised they haven't. I mean, tried because to sue it's kind of following a uh, kind of following like a charity model. Yeah. And you, I mean, I mean, if people are willing to give up their money, then. That's that's that. They're going to the inverse. The only thing I could see is like the publishers like going to like the consoles and you know the console uh, makers and you know I I don't know what they would do for piece for the PC end but you know throwing since they have large wallets throwing money at them and saying like I want we want you to make it more difficult to get you know. Well, they do that now with these games. On. Well, they I mean they are making they do it with exclusive, but they they're you can see how. Sony and Mike and well Microsoft still has a few more hurdles, but 
they're making they're making it more open and more easy for the indie guys to kickstart a game, crowdfund or whatever, and then port it over to you know their their Sony consoles. might be doing that, but Microsoft and I think they recently changed this. They have this weird like clause in their contracts for the indies. Yeah, they say have to, they have to have it first or something. They have to have it first in some kind of weird window, and yeah, like it, it doesn't sound friendly at all. I think they changed it recently, um, but like that's like such an old idea, and I I, I completely understand why Microsoft was doing that because obviously they want to hold those games on their console only. But uh, just, that shit needs to go. Yeah, it's well, not that, the best interest it, of our, our interests. There's, there's things that, you know, these companies do that it it goes beyond... Like, anything you do that goes beyond making a really good game that, that sells on its own merits, you know what I mean? Yeah. To try and get that edge yeah. and try and make more money and stuff. I mean, once you enter that territory, you're already diluting the process. You're, um, it's not about the game. It's not about the game anymore. No. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, it has to... Gamers are, for the most part, they just want good games. Definitely don't want to feel like they're being screwed over in their never-ending pursuit to play good games. Right. And you know, and it really should be an earnest, honest kind of industry that sets an example for other industries. I, I don't think that the video game industry should behave the same way that like Amazon and, and all these other companies behave. Trust me, Amazon's terrible. They've they've done some petulant ass, questionable shits. Like, are you serious? You're one of the biggest companies in the world, and you behave like this. Yeah, they, yeah. They, it, it, when any of them do that, it just makes you shake your head. You know, when Apple does it, Microsoft does it, Amazon. You're just like Ugh. the government. Another <laughs> here's another thing about Microsoft too is that all of their spokespeople, all the people that go out there and sell this shit. Mm-hmm. Look at E3. Look at all these. You know, the, these uh, any any kind of convention based thing they do or whatever. Uh, they get on a stage and they start talking about their shit. They couldn't sound or look more corporate. They couldn't, you know, like they were conceived in test tubes and then raised <laughs> to be salesmen. Oh my and, god! And the dude from like, Sony with his hands, and the gestures. Yeah, both companies are guilty of it. I would yeah. say, I would say Microsoft a little bit more so because I've seen a little more feisty, down to earth uh, people on the PlayStation side. But for the mo- for the most part, you know, a lot of those guys, it's like, who are you fucking guys? Why aren't the developers up there excitedly talking about their games? I realize a lot of them are sh- like like uh, awkward, uh, socially awkward. But but then I've seen plenty of them be incredibly entertaining, and you're just annoying the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the No Man's guy, he was the developer, and he got on stage, and like I had no idea who he was until they said, uh, you know, the company. And I was like, oh shit, that's the company that their offices got flooded. And yeah. it instantly, like, snapped in my head. And I was like, oh, my God, this is that game? <laughs> and it was cool yeah. to see the, the dev on stage talking about it and not, like like you said, like a just stupid rep that I don't care about from Sony. Yeah, to the, some of these talking heads are just terrible. And they were also there was also this thing about, like, this new, uh, uh, what is it, Call of Duty Ghosts? Or, not Call of Duty Ghosts. Um, uh, Rainbow, the new Rainbow Six coming up. Yeah. They did, they did some, like, gameplay where they were pretending as if they were playing the game and doing, like... Like what they uh, were thinking was like yeah. real game banter. Oh. And and apparently it was incredibly awkward and embarrassing. And then, you know, I was listening on Giant Bomb. They were talking about how really painful it was. And they were even saying that, man, they just if if they if they keep doing this because they've done it before and it's always right. been bad. And they're like, they really just need to stop unless they can get actual people. And and it's like, how how could there not be 
like gamer people with personalities that you could use to get on stage and do this shit. Why is it so important that this guy in a suit that clearly doesn't give a shit about video games and only gives a shit about the amount of money that's going into his account? Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, I hate that. So well, it's because they think they're self-important. Absolutely. That's I mean, the problem. I mean, a lot of these people are any, any kind of agency or, or people that, that basically get rich off of other people's talent. And, and I understand that they're probably some good agents and they're good at their job and they form good relationships with their people and this and that. But for the most part, I, I you know, anyone who makes money off of somebody else being really good at something that is fucking terrible. I hate it. I hate it. I don't think anybody that is like they may have a skill of like wheeling and dealing and getting their client, you know, a better a better deal because they know the the legal ins and outs. I understand you're providing a service there and it's it's pretty important. But at the end of the day, a lot of these, you know, one thing to have an agent that does that and, and kind of benefits you in the end. Right. Having like a CEO of a freaking game company coming out and and doing the same thing it just doesn't doesn't work agreed sir yeah well real people real people real gamers we're plenty entertaining we know how to communicate with each other and we Uh, already spend plenty of plenty of uh our hard hard earned money anyway on these games we're always going to do that so it's not like they have to worry about that (laughs) you know exactly so yeah uh, i mean that's another thing it's like what you know what is your presence actually going to do to it well look in microsoft's case they really botched shit up because of it it was all because they it was their corporate run campaign and the people behind it and all the slip-ups and the bad ideas that was all those people they were not gamers they were non-gamers making these terrible terrible decisions and then everybody started turning on them a huge tide just wrapped (laughs) all around them well listen we should uh we should probably wrap this up but i think we have a good topic I mean, this topic's great. We should probably talk more about this. And Doc, the used game debate we should talk about. Since you're a PC gamer, you don't really do used games. Are we talking about it now or you're wrapping up? Oh, we, I, I think we should say that for another show. I think we have two good topics, though, for another show. Um, sure. The, uh, the bringing back old games, which ones yeah. we should bring back <laughs> and which ones we shouldn't bring back. And I think we should also talk more about, like, you know, the business of end of things here with, you know, how it's just kind of, you know, you know, f- fuck you attitude from the companies um yeah exactly but i i, I think uh <sighs> no, yeah. this was a solid show i, this I was a actually solid for- show. I, I i forgot that um this was different than 45 minutes of super podcast the magnifico i i realize you guys go a little bit further yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we yeah we, we uh when it's just uh jflex and i you know we don't usually go too far but it's awesome to have people on like yourself and uh you know, we should definitely keep doing this if you're available. No, absolutely. No, this was this was great. This is a really solid conversation. In fact, I hope I hope enough people get to hear it because I, I think a lot of people would agree. If they didn't agree with our sentiments, at least you know that's fine. Uh, yeah, Just we we made some really good, good points. I, I honestly think that everything that we said really the most part it's was gospel. pretty self-explanatory and pretty. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, just pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. but uh, but yeah, man. Like so, um, so plug some stuff, Doc. Uh, yeah, for yourself. Plugs. Okay, for yourself. So I am the host, one of the hosts of uh, a comic book based podcast called Feed It Comics, 
And uh, we are, in fact, a cult that uh, feeds comics, the creative essence of comics, uh, to a very old and ancient god beast that lurks beneath the uh, crust of the earth. And, I thought um, you said it was buried under Funko Wagnall's porch. <laughs> he's kind of everywhere. Oh, okay. It depends. It depends on the. I mean, you know, it's he's very much an eldritch. Demi. Ah. Oh. But. But but he enjoys the taste of comics, and so we have to find the best ones for him to eat, and that. So that's that. So feedatcomics dot com, uh, and then of course my brand new website is uh, Game Face Theater, um, loosely inspired by Mystery Science Theater three thousand. In that I figured, hey, you know these guys can riff on movies so brilliantly. There should be a, a handful of dudes accumulating videos on one site where they riff on video games. So most of the videos are going to be amusing, if not enlightening. Reviews mostly let's plays, uh, and I, I already got like a couple really good uh, contributors going. One of the contributors is actually multiple people, uh, called the Masters of Unlocking. Ooh. And uh, so look forward to that. So yeah, gamefacetheater.com, and uh, there's going to be eventually several contributors, and they're all going to have funny stuff. So it's a good place to go to just watch people be silly and play games. I like it. I like it a lot. It's a good, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I know. But also, I didn't mention at the top of the show that Humble Bazooka is part of the Rhymes with Geek Network. Oh, you guys joined! We did. And I forgot Officially. to mention at the top of the show, which I, I apologize for, but on there, you will find Anti-Fanboy, Comic Reflections. You will find Feed It Comics. Correct. You also find the Incompetent Comic Cabal cast, Life Leave Me Alone, Loaded Dice cast, stuff like that, The Death of Comics, Ultimate Face Palm, and of course the Penthouse Show, Super Podcast of Magnifico. Oh yeah, Juan gives <laughs> me a dollar every time I say that. I, I you know, I, I have to say I'm pretty disappointed in the rate in which those shows have been coming out. So, does that cough mean that it's all uh, Mister Mister Deho's fault? No. No, no. Oh, okay. No, no. Uh, last week, uh, there were at, Mr. Deho was at a was at Wizard World in Philly. Oh, right, 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 right. Stalking all the cosplay girls. <laughs> yeah, he took a lot of pictures. I saw the pictures. God, yeah, he takes he 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 is he is the Facebook master. Is he a creeper? <laughs> <laughs> If he made it, I, I'd be surprised if he made it to the end of this episode <laughs> to hear that. Yeah, he won't. He won't. He hates video games. He, but that's funny because he, you would think so by the way he acts. But then you're like, hey man, you hate video games. He's like, no, I play video games. Well, then what is it? <laughs> Either you hate him or you don't hate him. <laughs> he just likes to bust everybody's balls. I know. I know. Yeah. But we, but Humble Bazooka is now part of that. So you can find us on rhymeswithgeek.com. You can also check us out on humblebazooka.com. And we have links to a Facebook page and Twitter. You can let us know what you think about the stuff we talked about today. Check out and Doc. I would like to, I would like to formally invite Humble Bazooka uh, if you wanted to post Let's Plays. I, I don't know how many you do, but if you guys do some Let's Plays and stuff, you can have a spot on Game Face Theater. Oh, cool. Thank That'd you. Be awesome. We need to get better capture devices. Yeah, the stuff they have probably, this, probably a plus. the stuff they have built into the uh, consoles is a little uh, twitchy. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's a good That's way of funny. putting it. <laughs> yeah. Twitchy. A hey, little you streamy. Yeah. They, they well, you know. <laughs> I they're they're not quite what they could be, I guess. There's only so much power. But thank you everybody for listening. And until next week, say bye, Doomy. See ya. <laughs>